0: All right, let's get on this morning with our uh, third week of Miracles Happen. I don't know if any of you have some testimonies of miracles already unveiling themselves in your life. I've been getting phone calls and emails literally of supernatural miracles happening in people's lives. Um, Judges changing decision on court cases in their favor in the last minute. So I'm telling you, God is doing some amazing things, amen. And so this morning, I'm gonna start on part three of Miracles. And this miracle is the miracle of of uh, protection. And if you have not listened to any of this series yet or you've missed them I always encourage you. I think our teachings are like 35 minutes long. They're not too long. So jump online, get the church app, listen to the messages if you're driving in your car or getting ready in the morning so that God can continue to exercise your faith. Amen. And especially if you've missed anything, you want to be able to get caught up. So today the miracle of protection is really interesting because as I put this together, God took me in a beautiful range of how he protects us from many things. And of Of course, we're going to be talking about harm and danger, amen, God protects us. I also believe that God reroutes things in our lives to protect us, and maybe he shuts the doors and area of our lives of something we really wanted. And uh, we don't see that as God's protection because he has something better around the corner. So we're going to talk about a few of those things today, but how many know God is in charge? God is in control, and he has your very best in mind. He has your greatest desires of your heart. He wants them for you more than we want them, you know, and I want to just encourage you with that today. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you're like, God, if you'd get me out of this mess? I will serve you forever, you know? God, if you get me out of the, the red lights, red and blue lights, you're like, oh, Lord, please give me a favor, God, you know? We ask God to uh, give us this kind of protection in our life, but we're going to talk more about the power of God to miraculously save us from harm and danger and wrong decisions. God has power to save, Amen. And he has the miraculous protection from harm in our life. I'm going to open up with Psalms 37 verse 33 today. And it says this, the Lord rescues the godly. Say rescues. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in the time of trouble, amen? We serve a God who wants to protect us from harm and danger. We serve a God who will hide us from harm and danger in our life. And his main concern is that his kids are on track of where he wants them to be. I remember I was driving down Bell Road. This was probably a few years ago, and I just passed the church. I was driving towards Fry's down there. And I'm talking to my mom on the phone, and this is when we could talk on the phone in Arizona. And I was talking to my mom on the phone, and all of a sudden I happened to look up in my rearview mirror, and there's this black truck coming at me full steam ahead. And he's crossing all the lanes very erratically, and he's just almost about to hit me. And I dropped my phone, and I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's all that I could say is Jesus, Jesus. And I look in my rearview mirror, and the truck's no longer there. And uh, all of a sudden, um, I look to my right. And that truck just at the last minute went just like this and went up over the curve and went into a dirt field that isn't there now, but a dirt field and kind of went through this pillar. And I was like, oh my God, that truck should have hit me. And how many know God saved me from harm and danger. He protected me. And I remember I, I just stopped my car and then I backed up that quick. I mean, this young kid no sooner went off to the right, I backed up and uh, parked and got out of the car and this young man whose front end was completely smashed in, window was smashed in, it was a smaller truck, um, was standing outside of his car already and I'm like, how did that kid, first of all, get out of that vehicle and how did he get out of it so fast because there was no natural way he should have gotten out of that vehicle and all of a sudden I see standing next to him a man in khaki pants and like this really uh, polo shirt or whatever. And I kept saying to this man in this khaki pants, you need to have him sit down like mama just came out of me, you know. You need to have him sit down. He just, you know, he just came in this accident and this guy just stood there and looked at me. Never said a word. And I'm like, listen, really, you need to make sure he sits down. He just had this traumatic accident and I was all worried about him. And all of a sudden the cops came over and I heard the sirens and I turned just like this. And then I looked back and the man was gone. And I know that it was an angel. There is no doubt in my mind the way his glossy eyes looked at me like, girl, you going to tell me what to do? I've been sent by God, you know? Not really. But, you know, God protects us. He will send his angels to keep charge over us, right? He, he knows when he, his angels and his protection needs to be there. And, and that happened in that moment. And so what I want you to understand and I want you to embrace this truth this morning is long before you face a problem, God already has a plan. God already has a plan, and you may find yourself in the middle of a problem that you wondered, God, why didn't you protect me from this? Has everybody ever wondered, why did this happen in my life? Well, that didn't surprise God. He has a plan of action. He has a way of escape. His protection will still be fulfilled at the end of the day, no matter what situation you find yourself in. Amen? The Bible says that God works all things together for good to those who are called according to his purpose what i want you to look in the word of god is this long before the rain flooded the earth what did god do god planned for noah to be on a boat guess what it flooded but god had a way of escape and man god's got a plan for whatever situation you're in before jonah was thrown overboard disobeyed god right found himself in this storm what did god do god planned on sending a whale to take care of jonah see god always has a plan Nothing takes God by surprise. Before the Israelites were cornered by the Egyptian army, what happened? They got to that Red Sea, and they were overwhelmed, the enemies chasing them, but God had a plan, didn't he? He split that Red Sea wide open, and they walked over on dry ground. We can't stop what comes at us in life, can we? Until we get to heaven and we get in God's glory in a perfect world, life is going to take us by surprise, but God has a plan and a way of escape for your life. I want everybody to say, God has a plan. God has a plan, and don't be discouraged today. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't be disappointed of where you find yourself at. God is making a way where there seems to be no way. Amen? You need to find comfort in knowing that God knows long before you get the bad news of your health. God knows long before you get fired from that job. Sometimes God will just slam doors shut because we're not paying attention to move to the next place he has for us, amen? So we have to count it all joy no matter what we're going through. God is a God who has the power to miraculously save us in our lives, amen? We talked about commissioning angels, and I'm sure many of you have had angelic protection in your life. Maybe you didn't even know it because the Bible says we entertain angels unaware. I remember when I learned that verse and I was like 18 or 19, and I used to go down to the river and I'd eat my lunch and stuff, and somebody would come down and sit next to me, and I'm like, "I wonder if they're an angel." <laughs> like everywhere I looked, I just wanted to entertain that angel unaware, right And what does God do? Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den. That doesn't look like protection does it. But what did God do in the middle of that lion's den? He shut the lion's mouth. See, whatever you're at, God can still protect you in the middle of that storm. Just because you find yourself in a place, it doesn't mean that God is not protecting you. He still can protect you in what you're going through because he is God. What happens? Something supernaturally happens when it comes to the miracle of protection, right? When the, when the waters were raging against the boat, what did Jesus do? They were in the middle of the boat, in the middle of the storm, right? Was God capable of getting them to the other side without a storm? Absolutely. But God said, in the storm, I'm still going to be your protector. I'm going to show you that I'm God. I'm going to show you that I'm the great I am. And what did Jesus do? He's like, All right, you all don't have the faith. I'm going to tell the seas to be quiet. And all Jesus went was shh. That word peace be still. He said, peace be still is literally us going, shh. See, when the enemy's coming against you and life is happening, the enemy just wants to distract us. And God's just saying, say, shh. You don't get to distract me anymore, enemy. You don't get to steal my joy anymore. You're not going to derail me out of the will of God. I'm going to stay focused on Jesus, knowing that he's going to give me the miracle of protection that I need in my life. Amen? God has a plan. So even when you don't understand, God has a plan. So the story that I want to unpack for you this morning is one of the stories I love in the word of God. And we find that in this portion of this story that uh, there was a girl who was possessed by a demon and she moved with sorcery and moved in a prophetic word, but we know it was demon and she could tell people's lives. And so these men who owned her as a slave was making a lot of money on her. People wanted their fortunes told and so they were paying a lot of money well what happened was this girl was coming against paul and silas on their missionary trip just really coming against them and paul was so frustrated he's like i'm so sick of this you know girl coming against our ministry and antagonizing me so what did paul do as an authority man of god he cast the demon out of the girl He's like, you're not going to bother me anymore. I bind you in the name of Jesus, right? We don't know exactly how he said it. But that young girl was freed from that demonic spirit. But guess what happened? The men who owned the slave no longer were making any money. So they got angry at Paul and Silas. And they begin to have false accusations about them. Has anybody ever been there before? I just did a youth church, a youth group this last weekend. One of my old youth guys has a youth ministry now, and he asked me to come preach at his youth church. And I'm like, I feel like I'm too old for the youth church, you know? But I talked about that accusation of the enemy, that spirit of accusation he wants to come and speak into our ears to try to get us discouraged and try to overwhelm us and make us feel like we're not good enough and God could never give us the miracle, right? Does anybody recognize that voice? And so that's what began to happen. They begin to false accuse, and all of a sudden, people begin to believe the lies about Paul and Silas, and this riot broke out. And this is where we find ourselves in this story. Acts chapter 16, verses 22 through 23. The crowd joined in. Way to go, crowd. You know, here Paul and Silas are doing miracles, but yet they believe the voice of the lies. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Have any of you found yourself just doing what God's called you to do, like minding your own business, loving God, going to church, tithing, sewing? when the Lord speaks to your heart and all of a sudden the enemy comes? And you're beaten, and you're discouraged, and you're overwhelmed, and you're like, "This is not fair, God. I shouldn't be where I'm at today. I've been doing what you've called me to do, and now I'm finding myself in a place that I I don't understand." And that's where Paul and Silas was. They're like, "We're serving God. We're following the mission commission of the Lord, and yet I find myself stripped of my clothing. I've been flogged in front of everyone and beaten, and not only that, I'm thrown into prison." Can you imagine how that does not look like God protecting them? Where is God in the middle of all this mess, right? And if you study scripture, the Roman citizens were not legally, um, should not have been flogged. According to the law, um, Roman citizens were not supposed to be flogged that way. They weren't supposed to be killed that way. So now he's being punished in a way he doesn't even deserve according to the law. And he finds himself so disappointed. He didn't do anything, and yet he's been beaten. And how many of us in our lives maybe not have been beaten physically, but, man, you've taken a spiritual beating. Where you used to be so on fire and your faith was so high and you're believing God for great things, and all of a sudden something comes and steals your joy. Something wipes you out, and where you used to be such a person of faith, now you're not really even wanting to believe God. You've been stripped of your faith. You've been stripped of your hope. You've been stripped of your trust in God, and you find yourself so empty that you're wondering, God, where are you in the middle of my trial? Some of us have gone through things that haven't been fair, right? Some of us have gone through things where you wonder, God, why are you? Where are you? And I'm here to encourage you today that God wants to give it all back to you. If you will trust God from whatever you feel you've been stripped from, wherever your lack of faith is, wherever you lost it in your journey, God wants to give it back to you if you can trust him that he's the God that truly protects you and can make good out of the bad situation. Because God can turn it all around for good. Amen? What's that song? Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around it's going to work in your favor. See, that's what God wants to do. He wants to turn it around for you. Don't give up in this season that you're in. Amen? Amen. Get it back from God. And so what was Paul thinking? You know, think about maybe what he was going through. It's not fair. So what do we find Paul doing in this story? Did Paul say, I'm going to give up on my missionary journeys? I'm not doing anymore, God. I'm tired. I'm not going to give anymore. I'm not going to serve anymore, God. I've taken too many beatings. All I'm trying to do is follow you, and I'm done. But how many sounds like us in the church today? We go through a little fiery furnace. We go through a wonder, well, God should have protected me. We don't understand what God wants to do in the full picture. We only see what's not happening for us right now. And we give up, and we grow weary, and we, we lose our faithfulness to God. But I want to show you what Paul was doing in that time where he was missed by God or looks like he was missed. In verse 25, what was he doing? About midnight, Paul and Silas were what? Praying and singing hymns to God. See, when you're going through a season where you don't understand what it is and you don't think God showed up for you, you need to begin to pray to God. That is your time to shout unto God, give God praise, give God glory. It doesn't matter what the situation looks like. I know my God is bigger than what I'm going through. I know my God has the answer my God has a way of escape I serve a miracle working God amen and we're not going to look at what we see we're going to look at what God says he's the author and he's the finisher of my faith you want to make the devil angry put your praise on you want to you bring confusion in that realm that's trying to bring confusion to you? You begin to thank God with shouts of praise. You begin to thank God for joy. Thank him for his healing. Thank him for his hope. Thank him for what you don't see. And when thanksgiving begins to pour out of your mouth, miracles begin to happen. Because thankfulness and worship moves the atmosphere of the supernatural to release miracles to our lives. But we're sitting back on, oh God, where are you? why are you doing it for her over there? I'm not going to look over there, but you know who I'm talking about, right? We don't understand why it's not happening. We get frustrated and we're honoring and we're, and we're murmuring and we're complaining instead of saying, in the midnight hour, God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to shout unto you, right? So what do we find Paul and Silas? They're locked in shackles in a dirty, stinking, cold, wet, rat-infected prison, and what do they still do? I'm still going to praise you, God. Because I don't know how you're going to get me out of these shackles, but I know that you are. And I can't wait to see how you're about to move. Amen. So what did they do? They praised, and they prayed and they sang hymns to God. And then what happened? The other prisoners were listening to them. Do you know that in your bondage and in your captivity, even though you praise God and you shout, everybody else around you who is held captive are going to go, what is going on over there? I know they just lost someone they love. I know they just got a bad report, but they're praising God anyway. They're on Facebook saying how great the Lord is, posting all these scripture verses, showing up at the post. Even though the hearts are broken, what's going on with them? See, the world is watching us, and those that are bound are watching us. And when you begin to get set free, what happens? Everybody else around you gets set free because that's the power of God. The prisoners were listening to them singing. singing. wonder what they were thinking. Like, really, you're going to praise God and God put you in here? God allowed it to happen at least? God didn't protect you? Let's see, God had a bigger plan, didn't he? He has something more powerful than just that moment that Peter, Paul, and Silas didn't understand. It's the big picture. And then as they were praising God, what happened in verse 26? Suddenly... See, this is when the suddenlies happen in your life. Suddenlies don't happen when we're murmuring and complaining and we're frustrated and we want God to do something. Suddenlies happen when I praise him anyway. Suddenly, it's happened when I worship and when I don't feel like it. Suddenly, it's happened when I show up to church and it's the last thing I want to do on Sunday morning, amen, or Wednesday night or whenever you come to church. Suddenly, there was such a, a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. By two men who says, I'm going to praise God anyway. By two men that says, I'm going to thank God in this midnight hour. Everyone in prison was set free. Thank you, Jesus. When you praise God when it doesn't make sense, your children will walk in freedom. When you praise God and it doesn't make sense, your neighborhood will walk in freedom. Your family members will come to Christ. Your aunt and uncle who was so anti-God is going to say, what must I do to be saved is what we hear in this story. Amen. Why? Because they saw you, thank God, in the midnight hour. They saw you being faithful to God when they said, I I think they should have threw in the towel, but you didn't anyway. Amen. Because you know that God of protection is in your life. So what is the miracle? The miracle is God in heaven intervenes on earth. We need a miracle in our situation. We need God to intervene in our situation. Amen? And it's going to happen by our praise. It's going to happen by our thanksgiving. There is a supernatural connection when you praise God. There's a relationship between the song of praise and a supernatural deliverance. There's a relationship. If you look at the walls of Jericho, they were tightly shut up. No one came in and no one went out. But when God said to shout on the seventh day, what happened? Those walls came down. There's something about your shout of thanksgiving to God that rattles the supernatural realm and it makes a connection that heaven opens up and the miracles come down when? Suddenly. But guess what? They marched around Jericho seven days in a row. It didn't seem suddenly, didn't it? It didn't seem like it happened right away, but when they shouted, God moved on their behalf. It's going to be in our shout, amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, Paul didn't wait to worship after the miracle. Paul worshiped before the miracle. It's time to worship, amen. It's time to get our praise and worship music on in our house. It's time to get our thanksgiving affirmation scriptures and start beginning to thank God for who he is and what he's done and where you're at and what he saved you from and begin to have that heart of worship, amen. It's one thing to praise God when we feel good. It's one thing to praise God when you see his power and that's wonderful and, and you got this emotion. That's awesome to do, but it's another thing to praise him when I still don't see him. It's another thing to praise him when I don't ha- know the miracles coming to pass. It's one thing to praise him because I still choose to worship him no matter what in my life. Amen? I'm going to worship him for who he is and not for what he does. That's what the believer does. I'm going to worship him for who he is. And I don't know how this situation is going to change God, but I'm still going to worship you no matter what. And you know what that's called? The sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice. Why? Because my flesh doesn't want to praise God. My flesh doesn't want to thank God. I don't want to stir my faith up because I'm really frustrated and I'm going through some stuff. Has anybody ever been there? But we're going to praise Him anyway, amen? There are miracles that came in my life, my own personal life, that I would pray and pray and pray and pray and finally hear the Lord say, stop praying and begin to thank me. It's time to thank God for what he's done, because your miracle is already done in the spiritual realm. I'm thanking God. I'm praising him until heaven opens up and manifests that miracle here on earth. Amen. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to go through crawling glass. I'm going to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Amen. And when your thankfulness opens up, then God's blessings pour down in your life. Amen. So let's get back to the let's get back to the story. They're in the midnight hour and they're praising God right and all the prison doors are open and all of a sudden it's dark and the the jailer who is afraid for his life now that all the prisoners have escaped and what did the what did the jailer ask for? He said, "Can somebody give me a light?" See, what is the world looking for? They're looking for the light. They're looking for the truth. They're looking for the hope of God. And this jailer was so afraid, he took his own sword and was about to kill himself. And what did Paul say? He said, hey, 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 don't kill yourself. Guess what? We're still here. And the jailer was thawed. Why didn't they escape? Why, why didn't they escape and, and take off? And, and what, did, what did the jailer say at that point? He said, I know you're God. And at that moment, he said, what must I do to be saved? see when god begins to shake those shackles and you get set free everybody's going to stay around you what is the god that you serve who is the power and authority that you have to walk in? We want revival in the world. You start having Christians worship God in the midnight hour, and you'll begin to see the manifestation of miracles and revival here on earth. Amen? So not only did this jailer save his life and his job, he got born again, but the Bible says that he brought Peter or Paul and Silas to his house, and his entire household got saved. What happened? Revival broke out. Why does the enemy want to keep us locked up and disappointed and discouraged? Because it keeps us in our little cell blocks in our house. It keeps me in my little pity party and brokenness and destruction. The devil's got a lock and key on you. And it keeps us from glorifying God. Amen? We're going to glorify God. We're going to praise him like it's never happened. We're going to praise him like it is happening. We're going to praise him in the midnight hour. We're going to praise God. Amen? When you don't feel like it, the Bible says we're a living sacrifice. And guess what? When you're on a sacrifice and you're living, you feel it. You feel it. But we're going to stay faithful, amen? We're going to stay faithful and see how God's going to work this thing out for your good. So obviously, this was the big picture that he saved Paul and Silas from. This was the obvious miracle of protection. But what about the things that we don't see that God has done? Do you know that God has saved you and rescued you from so many things that you may not even be aware of? God has shut doors because he knew destruction was on the other side if he opened that door. I remember when I was, uh, right before I went into full-time ministry, I was living in Florida and I worked at a Toyota dealership. Long story short, I was making a lot of cash. I was like 19 years old. I made more money than my uncle as an electrician. I hardly did anything. I really don't even know my job description. It was so much favor. And I remember my parents said, We're going to go back to Beloit and we're going to start this church, Faith Builders in Beloit, Wisconsin. And I was like, have fun, you know? I didn't even consider going back with them. I'm like, I love my life. It's Florida. It's the beach. That's the will of God, right? I'm like, everything in my life looked like this is so God. And I didn't even question maybe God had another assignment for my life. And so I remember one day I was uh, sitting, spending time with the Lord, and I was just in the Word. And God says, I want you to go back with your parents to start that church. If I could whistle, I would have (laughs) whistled. I would have ignored God and said, I don't hear God. Why? Because I like where my life is at. It doesn't, this looks like God, right? I'm making a lot of money. I'm winning people to Jesus. I love my church. Life looks good. But God's saying, I have something else for you. I want you to trust me. And you may not understand why I want to shut this door, but I need you to trust me to go to the next season I have for you. Well, I didn't understand that, but I said, God, I'm going to obey your will, and I quit my lucrative job and moved back in with my parents and started this church with like 12 people, you know, back in winter Wisconsin, (laughs) and uh, a year later, I went back to visit my family, and I thought, I'm going to go to Florida, and I'm going to go to my old place where I used to work. So you pull over Punta Gorda, the bridge, and you pull over, and it used to be a uh, two-sides-of-the-road car dealership. It was huge. And there was only this little building sitting there and not one car in sight. And I'm like, I wonder if I got the right spot. So I drove up to the building, and sure enough, it was the old place I used to work at. But there was a sign, and it said, went bankrupt, out of business. And I remember sitting there at 20 years old, and my first lesson is you never base the will of God by how things look. You base them by the voice of the Holy Spirit. God was pulling me out before it was about to shut down, but I didn't know. That's the God of protection. And it may look painful, and you may have to go through a little bit because you don't understand, but God is ultimately saving you from the worst because he really has the best for you. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus, that we missed that. Maybe you missed the exit. I missed the exit coming to church here today. But I always say, thank you, God, because you have me at the right place at the right time. It could be distractions. I don't know, but I'm going to claim it, that God has me at the right place at the right time. Maybe God shut school opportunities. Maybe God broke a relationship off. You don't know what God is doing. It's the God of protection in the midnight hour. Amen? Maybe there's some prayers you wanted answered and they just didn't happen. God knows the big picture. The more that you understand God's goodness and faithfulness, the more you'll be convinced that he's the God of protection. And you'll rejoice for shut doors, amen? And you'll rejoice for the doors, he says, to walk through when you don't want to walk through them because that's the grace of God. All right, sometimes God's eternal purposes don't align with our temporary plans. Isn't that so true? We don't understand the full eternity of why things happen, why they happen the way that they are. I wasn't sure if I was going to share this story, but I I kind of want to. There was many years ago, a young girl, she was a little girl, and her mom was a drug addict and uh, lived across the streets. And uh, this little girl came over, visited with her mom once, and she was very dirty. You could tell she wasn't taken care of very well. and The mom had a lot of problems. She parented the best that she could, but there was obviously a lot of problems. And um, what ended up happening, sad, is the mom uh, passed away of a drug overdose. And it was heartbreaking. So now this little girl, I call her our baby Moses. (laughs) And she came over here, and we just nurtured her to life. And this little girl, even though it looked like, man, that was horrible, and it is horrible, horrible but God is the God of protection. He will work all things out for good. And this little girl now had a chance to be raised by believers in the church of God. And her mom accepted Jesus. Her one visit, she accepted the Lord. So we were so thankful. And then she went on to uh, be valedictorian in her school. And then she went on to go to college. And, And her life becomes so great. And so we don't understand the whys. We can never wrap our head around that. But we rejoice in the moment of what God is doing. He works all things together for good. Amen. And that's the God that we serve so what do we do we pray for protection amen even though we don't see it all we pray for protection in every area of our life there are so many incredible scripture verses that God says you are my hiding place you will protect me from trouble and surround me with my songs of deliverances God is my refuge and my ever-present help in trouble I will say with confidence the Lord is my helper I will not be afraid what man can do to me The Bible says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He never leaves you or forsakes you. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against me shall be be defeated before me. Amen? The Bible says, God, you keep me safe, and in you I take my refuge. There is something about the protection of God in our life. So we need to pray protection over what? Our spouses. Pray protection when they're out in the world, that no harm or danger shall come near them, that their eyes will be focused on God and there'll be no attacks of the enemy. We should be praying for your pastor, amen, and your pastors. Pray that the enemy has no right in their life and there's no confusion and no overwhelm. Protect our pastor. Protect our pastor's mind. Protect our pastors as they travel, amen. You should be praying protection over your friends. But most of all, if you have children, you should be praying protection every day over your babies. Because the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Pray protection over their minds. Keep them from wrong friendships. Keep them from temptation, amen? Protect their minds. Protect the lies of the enemy over them. Protect them from wrong friends. I know one of the things my mom, my mom was so discerning that she, she prayed that God would catch me early on if I was doing something wrong, <laughs> And God would just catch me so quick in everything. I'm like, dang it, I can't get away with nothing, right? But that was the prayers of a righteous mama. That was the prayers of a mom protect my daughter. Holy Spirit, trouble her heart for the things that trouble you. Those are the prayers that we pray over people's lives, right, or our children's lives. I can't count the times, and I know you can't either, that God protected you in your life, that many of us shouldn't even be sitting here this morning because of God's wonderful protection. Sometimes it looks like something so bad happened in your life. Sometimes it looks like there's a journey that you think, oh, I wish I'd have never had that experience. I wish I'd have never gone down that road. Is that anybody here? But you can look back and almost tie into because of that awful experience, it brought me here, and then it brought me here, and it brought me here, and it actually brought me to Jesus Christ. And it brought my children to Jesus Christ. So don't discount the mistakes. Don't discount the things that we wish we could take out of our lives. No, God will use all of that for his glory to get you aligned to his perfect will. Amen? Amen. There's always a testimony that God can use. Listen to this. I would rather hurt in his will than live in comfort outside of it. Amen? I'd rather hurt for the minute when God says, don't do that, stop this, whatever it is, than live out of the will of God. And what did Paul do through Scripture after Scripture and all the epistles? We find him rejoicing anyway. We, we find him being glad in all things. And this last Scripture verse I want to share is Romans eight thirty eight, and it says this. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? God works all things together for good. Nothing can separate you from God's presence, only the lie of the enemy. But God says, I I am with you wherever you go. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I kept you a little bit over... But um, the early team did take a little bit of my time, so... Anyway, praise the Lord. How many is ready to shout for joy? Amen. How many is ready to thank God and have a thankful heart? Because this is the year of miracles. There's no reason to look back. Let's look to what Jesus has. Father God, I thank you this morning for every person here, every person watching online. Father God, reach out to them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we release hope and joy and restoration and recovery, God. Let the miracle begin to manifest as you rewrite the wrong, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we just decree that, God, their faith is going to arise in this season and wherever the enemy stole from them, wherever experience they they didn't deserve to have, Father God, we declare in the name of Jesus, you're going to turn it around for good and for your glory. You're going to make us better. You're going to make us stronger. You're going to make us more equipped because of your will in our life, Father God. And we thank you for it. And I want to make sure everybody here knows Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So just repeat after me this morning. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of all of my sins. Today, I make you my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of all of my sins. In the precious name of Jesus, amen and amen. Give the Lord a great big praise this morning. I hope you're in. All right, we'll claim that. Thank you, Jesus. So good to see all of you today. Something I want to make note of at the end, it was just a quick blur, but we have our annual relationship conference coming up in February, and the last two years have been so incredible. And I have some friends of mine coming from, well, they live in Florida now, and they were pastors, and they are a dynamic couple. So they're going to come, and we're going to have live teaching this year. So if you're married, I want you to sign up. Amen. If you're dating, I want you to sign up. And if you're single, I want you to sign up. So that's everybody. Everybody sign up, amen, because there's always something you can learn. You might be preparing, and that's all awesome. You'd be in the middle, and you need to fix some things, right? And then maybe you're married. You just need a fresh spark. Thank you, Jesus. And we're going to do all of that. It's going to be a wonderful time. It's called Lord of the Rings. Isn't it cool? Lord of the Rings. This, of course, is going to be a spin-off of that. So we're really looking forward to that. Amen? All right, let's open up with prayer today, and then we're going to get with the Word of God. Father, I thank you this morning for your incredible presence. I thank you for what you've already done through our worship and our praise today, God. We just recognize your presence here. We recognize your anointings here. Lord, let this Word just begin to transform our heart and ignite our faith today. In Jesus' precious name, everyone said... Amen. Well, this is week three on our Miracles Happen series. And of course, it's the year of miracles. We're believing God for 2020 to be the incredible year of miracles. I don't know how many of you have already experienced miracles. Raise your hand if you've already. I know. I've heard some incredible testimonies already. A precious lady inboxed me on Facebook. She's been going to court for this situation for years. And we came into agreement a few weeks back. And she went back to court. And the judge moved in her favor. Amen. Amen like miracle favor. And so that's why we're teaching these messages is just to ignite your faith and get excited for what the Lord wants to do for you too. So if you missed any of our teachings, you can jump online on our church website or our church app and you can catch up on the miracles teaching. But today I'm going to be talking to you about the miracles of protection. And I'm really excited about this message because I'm going to talk on a couple things. And one is how God protects us from harm and danger. Amen. How he gives his angels charge over us. But I'm also going to talk to you about the area where sometimes God will shut doors to situations to protect us in our life. And we don't enjoy those shut doors. We don't enjoy those moments that we find us in. But if you can look in it, you can find that God was ultimately protecting you in that situation. Amen. How many of you have ever been in a situation in your life that maybe, you know, you're driving down the road a little too fast? I know you all obey the laws of the land. I'll talk. It's me then. I am heavy foot. I'll have to admit it. You know, I'm not the best driver in the world. And you see those red and white, you know, red and blue lights. What's the first thing you do? Oh, Lord, please save me. I promise you, God, I'll tithe next Sunday if you'll save me from getting a ticket, right? And we cry out these prayers, but I'm I'm really going to get serious this morning about God has the power to save us in our life, amen? God has miraculous power to protect us from harm, and his desire is to protect us from that harm. The scripture verse that I'm going to start with this morning is Psalms 37, verse 39. And I'm praying that my message just ignites your faith today. It says, the Lord rescues the godly. We can shout amen right there, right? God rescues the godly. He is their fortress and in times of trouble. So whatever you're going through in your life, God is protecting you. God has got his fortress over your life. And even this morning, when you find yourself in a situation that maybe you don't want to be in, Maybe you find yourself in a situation where you thought maybe God didn't protect you. Like, where was God at in this moment? I'm going to show you by the end of this teaching that God is even in those moments when you think He's not there. And He's protecting you in situations that He's going to do what? Turn everything around for your good and for His glory. Amen? I remember I was driving down the road. This was a couple of years ago, and I was talking to my mom on the phone, and this is when we could talk on the phone in Arizona, and I had my phone up to my ear, and I was driving right by the church, and all of a sudden, I look up in my rearview mirror, and I notice this black truck coming at me very fast, and he's crossing all lanes, all the lanes. He's very erratic, and I'm thinking, this guy's going to hit me. He, I am in like in the line. He's about to hit me, so I threw my phone in my lap. I grabbed my steering wheel, and all I could say was, Jesus, 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 Jesus. so all I could say, and there was no impact and, it ha- and this guy was like right on my tail. Well, I looked to the right and out of nowhere, his truck just went just like this. I mean, he was coming right at me and he went just like this and he kind of baja up over the curb and hit this little brick um, pole that was there and landed in the field. Well, immediately I stopped, this quick, I stopped thank God God protected me from harm, amen, had his angels commissioned over me by the name of Jesus. But then I decided to back up and see what was going on. And it literally was like I stopped and then I backed up. And when I did, I looked over and this young man's front end of his truck is smushed in, the window is shattered, and there's no room for him to get out of the door. The window was all closed up, but the young man was standing outside of his truck and I remember going, how in the world did he do that, first of all, so fast? And how did he get out of that truck? Because there was no way in the natural he should have. And just then, I seen this man step away from the young boy, and he had on khaki pants and a nice little polo shirt like an Oxford or whatever. And, of course, the mommy comes out of me, and I'm like, um, excuse me, sir, you need to make sure that he sits down, because he was just in a traumatic accident. And this guy just looked at me like with these glazed eyes, and I'm like, mm, I don't think he heard me. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like He needs to sit down because he's just been through this traumatic, you know, incident, and then I heard the ambulance. I finally heard the police sirens, and I turned this way to look, and when I look back, that man is gone, and I knew that it was an angel that protected that man, you know, and he's looking at me like, girlfriend, don't tell me what to do. I got a higher power telling me what to do. It's okay, you know? (laughs) But what is that? That's the God of protection. You know, there was an accident, something happened that shouldn't happen, but God was there with his protection anyway, amen? And that's the God that we serve. So this morning, my first point is this. Long before you face a problem, God already has a plan. See, problems are going to come at us. Until we get to heaven, we're going to have problems. We're going to have situations. Life is going to happen. It doesn't mean that God isn't there for us. It means that he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. God's going to figure out that situation in your life. He already has a way of escape. Amen? God already has the answer. God knows already how to turn that situation for good To his glory, because that's the God that we serve. If you look at scriptural examples and the word of God to back this up, long before the rain flooded the earth, what did God do? God planned for Noah to be on a boat. It still was going to rain, right? But God says, but my protection is going to be with you. Sometimes we're like, God, stop the rain, right? God, stop the situation. And God's like, no, I'm going to put my protection over you while you're going through it. Because there's something that I'm doing in your life and through your life that's for eternity or for your life that maybe you can't see and understand in this situation. Has anybody ever been there before? And how about Jonah when he disobeyed God and he totally went against the will of God and he found himself in a boat and they're being tossed by the winds. God knew that Jonah was before Jonah was thrown overboard, God planned for a fish to rescue him. See, nothing surprises God. No matter where you find yourself at this morning and maybe you wonder, God, where are you at in this situation? God has a plan of redemption. God has a plan of restoration. God has a plan of break you. That's why it's the year of miracles, and God wants to ignite our faith and get us excited in this moment that maybe we don't see God in to trust him in this season so that he can ush you into the miracle that you deserve in your life. Amen. The third one that I want to share this morning is before the Israelites were cornered by the Egyptians, they followed the will of God. They ended up at the Red Sea in a dead end, and it looked like, God, where are you? And then what did God do? God had a plan to part the Red Sea. This isn't where they thought they were going to be, and the enemy's hard on their their tail, but guess what? But God. And God parted that Red Sea, and those million people walked over on dry land, and God defeated the enemy. God has a plan in your life. Amen? And we need to know that long before the situation you found found yourself in, maybe long before you got that bad report, God has a miracle. On behalf of you Long before you got that bill That you're trying to get out of debt free God has a plan for you to get out of it Long before you get that devastating news About your child God has a plan of escape for your child God is not wringing his hands Amen We serve a God of yes and amen And God doesn't want us to look at what we see right now And maybe feel like God's abandoned you Or why didn't God show up And how did this happen None of that matters to God We have to know that he is the great I am And he has a way of protection in your life, amen? Ultimately, God wins in the end. Ultimately, God gets the victory in the end, amen? Never the enemy, but if the enemy can deceive us to feel like we've been eliminated from this breakthrough, we'll stop believing God and we'll never hang on for the miracle that God wants to manifest in your life. God is a God who has the power to miraculously save you. And this morning, I'm talking about, and even Pastor Paul just addressed it a little bit this morning, supernatural. Like, we serve a supernatural God. We live in this natural realm, but there is a supernatural realm that God wants us to tap our faith into for that miracle to manifest in our life. Amen? Listen, your miracle's already happened. Your child's already saved, thank you, Jesus. They're already filled with the Holy Spirit, serving God, preaching the gospel, doing the assignment of God. God already knows what is done. So whatever miracle you're believing God for, it is done. God wants our faith to connect to him in this midnight hour to trust him so that that miracle can be manifested. We talked about earlier, God will commission angels over you. I'm sure many of us have testimonies, amen? Especially if you live long enough, you go, I'm only here because of God. If God witnessed, can you look back and just be horrified like, oh, my God, God saved my life. I shouldn't be here today, right? That's the goodness of God. Look in the scriptures. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, a praying, honoring man of God, thrown in the lion's den. Looks like, God, where are you? Why, where's your protection? But what did God do in the lion's den? He shut the mouths of the lions. So wherever you're at, don't let the accuser come against you. Don't let the enemy tell you you're worthless and where is God at. No, shut the mouths of the lions, God. When you're ready to raise me up out of this hole, they're going to say, what God do you serve? Surely you serve the God of Jehovah. The king shouted out, God rescued you, and surely your God is alive. That's what God's going to redeem in our life, amen? God, Jesus, sleeping on the boat, he took the disciples across. Do you think Jesus could have let them go across on calm, calm waters? Yeah, he's God. He could have went. They could have just row, row, row your boat gently down the stream, right? But no, there's a tempest Win Why? Because life has tempests. Life has trials. Life has disappointments. But Jesus is in our boat. He's in the trials. He's never left you. He's never forgotten you. He's never forsaken you. He's not abandoned you, amen? He's in your boat. And he's saying, all right, if y'all don't have the faith right now, good thing I'm with you. Goes out to the edge of the boat and he goes, shh. He said, all right, these noises. The Bible says that he said, peace be still. All he said to the noisiness and the turmoil and what was going on in the boat was, shh. Some of us in this season that we're in need to quiet everything else around us. The enemy's throwing this. The enemy's throwing that. He's lying to you. He's accusing you, all these things. You need to rise up in this season and say, no, devil, you're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to steal my hope. You're not going to steal the promise of God. I'm going to rise up like a roaring lion this year. I want to challenge some of you. It's time to rise up. Amen? It's time to rise up and say, God, I don't know how this situation's gonna change. I don't know when it's gonna change or how you're gonna bring me, bring me through, but I'm gonna praise you anyway. Amen? And come up and be who God's called you to be. So, what I wanna share with you this morning is this the miracle of protection. I'm gonna un- unpackage this story to you. It's probably one of, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And just so you know, I say that about every story in the Bible. But I really do love this one. I think it really shows the love and the protection of God. In this story, there was a a young girl who was uh, a slave to these men. And she moved in sorcery and divination, and she could look into people's lives, and she could speak things that were going on in their life. And they were earning a lot of money by this young girl. And what happened was this girl began to, we don't know exactly how, but she began to come against Paul and Silas, and they're on their missionary with the mission with Christ, and they're trying to win people to Jesus. And this girl is provoking them, provoking them. We don't know exactly how. But being the man of God that Paul is, you know what he does? He looks over, and he delivers that demon spirit out of that woman, that young girl sets her free, right? And so he's doing the works of God. He's doing the authority that Jesus gave him when he went into heaven. But what happened? These two men got really angry because they took their prophet away. And so what did they begin to do? They begin to falsely accuse Paul and Silas. Have you ever been falsely accused before? Somebody said something about you or had a perception about your life, and it wasn't right. You just want to come out with such a vengeance, don't you? And you want to prove your point so bad. But Paul and Silas didn't do that. And what happened? The crowd began to come against them, and they begin to believe the lies against Paul and Silas. And now this riot in the city began to take place. And that's where we find ourselves in Acts 16. It says this, As they were false accusing them, the crowd joined in. Have you had anybody join in your negative party before? The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them, Paul and Silas, to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Now, if you look at this, and maybe you can identify it in your life, they are just doing the will of God. They're just doing what God's called them to do and honoring God, and all of a sudden they find themselves false accused. They find themselves stripped naked in the town square, and they are flogged. I mean, right there alone would have almost said within me, I don't know what's going on, God. Like, almost want to throw in the towel, right? Because here I am just doing what you called me to do, and yet everything begins to happen wrong in my life. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And you look, ma'am, God, this is not fair. And you know that not only was Paul just preaching the gospel, obeying and doing what God's called him to do, but a Roman citizen was not legally allowed to be flogged by death. So not only was he false accused, he was flogged out of the manner against the law. Can you imagine the frustration that he was going through, how unfair this may have been in his life? How many of us this morning, and you know, thank God we're not publicly flawed, amen, and beaten or, or maybe stripped naked, but how many spiritually have we been stripped away? How many of us in our trial of life of what we've been going through has stripped our hope away? You know, where you believe God at some point, your faith was so high. Maybe 2019, your faith was so high and you're believing God for amazing things. And then you come into 2020, it's like something came and devastated you. Something stripped you of your hope and your faith. You've lost your joy. You've lost your trust and life doesn't seem fair. And that's what I want to speak to today, that God wants to ignite you once again. Where you've been stripped of your faith and your hope and and your excitement and your zeal, God wants to put that fire back inside of you today. God wants to put his joy back inside of you. God wants you to have the ability to trust him again because where you're at is not the dead end. The God of protection is making a way where there seems to be no way. He has not forgotten you. He has not abandoned you. He is doing the work so that it can be performed in your life. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So, what did Paul do? We find that this is not fair. And what did, what did Paul do? Did Paul stop preaching the gospel? Did Paul quit going to church? I'm not going to church no more. Church is asking for money. I can't even pay my bills. I ain't going to tithe no more, right? We have all these excuses before God and we get frustrated. And we want to quit, and we want to give up in the brokenness where we don't see God's protection. But if you look at Acts 16, what was Paul and Silas doing? About midnight, in the midnight hour... When things look the darkest in your life, they look hopeless, they look empty. They're saying 2020 year of miracles, but you don't know the darkness that I'm facing right now. If you only knew, I can't even get excited about the miracles. But God is saying in the midnight hour, in the time where you don't see God, when you don't hear God, when you don't know God, when so much of the enemy is coming against you, God is saying, I don't want you to be frustrated. I don't want you to be discouraged. What do I want you to do? Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. This is the season for the church to begin to shout shouts of praise. It is our time to thank God with the hearts of thanksgiving. It's our time to put on our praise and worship music and dance through our house like nobody's looking, like risky business. It's our time to shout. It's not a time to be discouraged. It's not a time to be overwhelmed. It's not a time for the enemy to come against us. It doesn't matter what it looks like, what prison you find yourself in. God is saying, praise me in the midnight hour. Praise me when you don't see me. Praise me when you don't feel me. Praise me when you don't think there's a way out. Shout praise unto me. Why? Because there's something spiritual about your praise that connects to the supernatural realm. And when they come together, heaven opens up and releases the miracle that you're believing God for. There's times in my life where, you know, I'll pray, pray, pray for the miracle, fast for the miracle, which we did, and it's so awesome. But there was one point in my life I was praying about something, and God said, stop praying about it and thank me. Begin to thank me. Why? Because I've already done it. Whatever you want from God, I've already done it. So I'm going to thank you, God, for my joy. I'm going to thank you for my hope. I'm going to thank you for my peace. I'm going to thank you for my miracle. I'm going to lift up my thankful heart to you, God. Because it's in that miracle of praise and shout. When Jericho, the Bible says, was tightly shut up. No one came in. No one came out. And what did God do? God says, march around that city seven times and don't say a word. What? Where's God's protection? Can't you just like take your finger, God, and make the walls come down or have the angels come? God says, no, I'm going to want you to march around that, Jericho. We don't know why. We don't know the walk of faith. But at the very end, what did God say? Shout with a voice of triumph. See, there's something about your shout that God will cause the walls to come down in your life. Amen. The miracles to come running in over your life. And what happened when they were singing praises to God? The other prisoners were listening to them. What's happening? People around you know what you've gone through. People know your disappointment. They know where God didn't show up. They know your loss and you're praising God anyway and you're still putting things on Facebook that are praising God, and you're still showing up at church and worshiping in the altar, when we know where your heart has been broken and devastated, you know what happens when they when you begin to praise, they begin to get the victory in their life too. This victory is not just about you, amen? This victory is not just about me. It's about everyone around me who needs to experience the freedom of Christ in our life too. Thank you, Jesus. And then it went on to say, and suddenly... Now, when we talk about suddenly moments, but if we go back to the walls of Jericho, that wasn't a suddenly moment. They had to walk around that wall, and then they had to do it again the next day, and then they had to do it again the next day, right? You're walking this walk of faith, and it seems like, God, what are you doing? But when God says to shout, you're going to shout, and then what happens? That suddenly begins to manifest in your life but that suddenly is going to come when you begin to take a step of faith and worship God anyway, amen? Suddenly there was a violent earthquake and that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Tell me God can't do what he wants to do. God has the final say, amen? Enemy can't keep you captive when you're praising God. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains were loosed. When you get your miracle, your family is going to be knocking on your door. I need you to pray for me. I need you to believe for me. I don't know about the God you serve, but I need the God that you serve. Amen. Your freedom will set everyone free around you. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, even just this time at the altar this morning of worship, I was standing there worshiping, and I was like, oh, man, God's presence was so good. But I heard everybody around me praising God. I heard women behind me shouting, and they're sh- I'm like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Like, I got so free listening to everybody else around me getting free that where my flesh grew weak, their excitement got me back excited in the presence of God. That's what God does. That's why God wants us to praise him, amen, worship him. God in heaven, what is a miracle? God in heaven intervenes on earth. Your miracle takes God to intervene on earth. Your miracle is not a natural thing. It's not something you can do with your own flesh and blood. It is a supernatural thing that only God can release from his throne room. Amen. Is God able to do that? Yes and amen. We serve an all-living, all-powerful God, the great I Am. Listen, Paul didn't wait to worship after the miracle. Paul worshiped before the miracle. God is calling you. The Bible says, tears may endure for the night but joy comes in the morning. It is time to wipe away the tears, amen? It's time to wipe away the past. You cannot change it. Let's let our joy arise in this season. Let's get our hope and excitement back for God and praise him in the midnight hour, amen? It's one thing to praise God when you can feel it and when it's good and when you get the miracle. That's awesome, right? But it's one thing, another thing to praise God when you can't feel him. It's another thing to praise God when you can't see him. It's another thing to praise God when you don't want to. Because we get at places sometimes I don't want to do it, God. Because we're in such a hard place that I just, my flesh has failed me, God, and I don't want to praise you anymore. But the important thing is when you're in this midnight hour is that we're not worshiping him for what he does. We're worshiping him for who he is. I'm going to worship you anyway, God. If it never happens, I'm going to worship you anyway. I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to thank you anyway, amen, and begin to thank him and praise him. And what do we have to do? We have to put on that sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice when your flesh doesn't want to. It's a sacrifice to come to church when you don't want to. It's a sacrifice to keep serving in your position when you don't want to, right? But God is asking us for that sacrifice of praise. There are two times that you can worship God, when you feel like it and when you don't. You have two opportunities to praise God, when you feel like it and when you don't, and you praise him anyway. We're going to have to dig deep in this year of miracles because your miracle is waiting on you. It's waiting on you. We can't sit on the sidelines and wait for that miracle. God is calling you to shout praise. God is calling you to put your thankful heart on. And begin to thank him for the things that you don't see. Know that he's hearing you. Amen. Even if it's never going to change, I'm going to praise you anyway. So, of course, we know the end of the story. What happened? Once all the prisoners set free, the jailer, it was midnight, called for the light. How many need the truth of the situation you're in? You need light to shine on it. And he couldn't find the light. And and the Bible says that he thought everyone had escaped. So he drew his sword because he knew he would die by losing his, his prisoners. He drew his own sword to kill himself. And what did Paul say? No, no, don't do it. We're here. We, we didn't go anywhere. And what did he say? Your God is alive. And he said, what must I do to be saved See, when you find your freedom, this is where revival happens in the world. This is where revival happens when the believer is bound and they stand for their victory and other people get set free and they say, I need the God that you got. I need the hope that you got. I need the delivering power that you have. And he said, what must I do to be saved? And, and Paul said, well, just take me to your house because not only are you going to be saved, but your entire household is going to be saved. So listen, your breakthrough is tied to a revival of God. Your breakthrough is tied to other miracles in other people's lives, amen? That's why this is the season, fight the good fight of faith. Put your spiritual boots down, amen? Ephesians says, when you've done all the stand, I'm going to keep standing. And the winds may come, controversy may come, discourage may come, accuser accuser of the brethren may come, but I'm going to stand, put my face like a flint. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to trust God until the chains are broken. (laughs) Amen. So what do we see? That's like an obvious, like that's just an obvious story of what miracles of protection in the word. But what about the times when you didn't see God protect you? We need to thank God for those moments. Like maybe some of you went for a job and you really were qualified for that job. Has anybody ever done that? Like it was your position and you knew, you knew you were capable of it and they bypassed you and went to somebody else. Those are times that you have to trust that God, the protector, shut the door because maybe something better is that you can't see right? Maybe there's a better job. I heard a story where this this girl, she wanted this position so bad and she just prayed for it. She knew God had it for her. She was qualified for it and they bypassed her and didn't give it to her. Six months later, the whole department was let go. There was no more jobs. And she was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the God of protection. So what might hurt for a minute, you have to trust God for the big picture. Amen. All that glitters is not gold in the kingdom. I'm going to tell you. I remember when I was, just before I was launched into full-time ministry, I was working in Florida at a Toyota dealership, and this dealership was like one block on this side, huge, like a mile square block, and across the street was used cars, mile square block, and I walked in, long story short, but I got favor. Every week, I got promoted in a pay increase, promoted, so like after four weeks, I was making more money than my uncle as an electrician. I'm 90 years old, 90, oh my god. What's that Brad Pitt movie where he got older when he was younger? Yeah. Anyway, I'm 19 years old. I got all excited about money. I was like, yes. I'm 19 years old, living in Florida, got the beach, free tan, right, and uh, making all this money. And so my parents come to me after all this is happening, and they said, we're going to go back to Winter, Wisconsin, and we're going to start a church in Beloit. And I'm like, have fun doing it. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm so glad God called you to start that church that's great news. So I never even thought twice that God might want me to go with him. I didn't, I didn't want to pray the will of God, you know? And so I remember sitting at, I was just sitting in the patio and I was reading my word and spending time with the Lord. And I just heard the voice of the Lord. And he's like, you need to go to Wisconsin with them. And if I could whistle, I'd have done the, you know, I did not hear that. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't hear that. It wasn't what I wanted to hear. Why? Because everything looks so good right here. You know, it didn't make sense. Well, God, why would you have me do this when I'm you know, making all this money? All this looks so glittery and this is so awesome. And God's like, yeah, but you don't know what's next. And so I trusted the Lord. I said, okay, God, I'll quit my job making all this money. I'll quit my job with my free tan. This really stinks. You know, I'll go to Winter, Wisconsin. Not even a year later, after I was in Wisconsin and we had launched our church, I went back to Florida to visit my family. And when I went there, I thought, I'm going to go visit my friends at the Toyota dealership because I made such good friends there. And so um, I pulled up over the Punta Gorda Bridge, and the dealership was right there, but it was like these empty parking lots. And I was like, well, I could have swore it was right here. So this tiny little building was sitting on these big lots. And I pull up, and I'm like, yeah, this is the location. And when I pulled up, I walked to the door, and there was a white sign, and it said, um, went bankrupt, no longer in service. And I remember sitting there going, God taught me my first lesson. Don't ever bank the will of God by what it looks like. Because I'd have lost my job anyway. I'd have missed the moment to have walk by faith and trust God, but I learned to trust God, not by what we see. God will shut doors in our life. And you know what we need to do? Thank God for the shut doors. Thank you, God, for the shut doors because what the enemy wanted to glitter that looked so good, I'm so glad he protected me, and it may be painful for the moment. It was hard to go back to Wisconsin and start this church, and there was 12 people in the church at the time, and and I think eight of them was our family, you know? So it wasn't glamorous, but look at today. Look what God has done in the kingdom through the churches that my dad has planted and following God, and the lives changed over the last 30 years when you don't, when you follow God and you follow the shut doors and you trust them, amen, I even, when I'm driving down the road and I'll miss an exit, and I'm I, like I told you, I'm not a great driver, but I miss an exit and I go, thank you, God, right place at the right time. I don't know what he protected me from. I don't know, and maybe it's just poor driving, but you know what? I'll give glory to God. Thank you, God. You saved me from a horrible accident. You know, maybe God shut the door in a relationship. Thank God. Maybe God shut the door in going to school. Thank God. God has your life mapped out. He has the book written. You cannot miss the will of God. Amen? So his hand of protection is on us, the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Amen? So what do we do while we're trusting God? We pray for protection. Pray for protection in our lives. Jesus taught us this. He said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Protect us. Amen. There's a protection that God wants. What do we need to pray? God, not my will be done, but your will be done. That's protection. Not I need this, God. No, my, your will be done, not my will be done. That is protection. Amen. Keep me from harm and danger. Open and close doors in my life. Be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Give me the discernment to understand your will and your way and the voice of the Holy Spirit, amen. There's so many scripture verses in the word of God about God's protection. One says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble with songs that surround me. God, you are my refuge and my strength and my ever help in time of trouble. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid what man can do to me. I'm gonna be strong and be strong courageous. I'm not going to be terrified of them. For the Lord, my God, is with me. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, but every tongue that rises up against me shall be defeated before me. The word of God is living in your life, amen, and he wants to protect you from all the things in your life. We need to start praying protection over our spouses, amen, protection over our pastor, thank you, Jesus, and your pastors and elders. Pray the of God and the wisdom of God and the ears to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Pray for your friends. We should be praying the prayer protection for people that we love. Lord, let them not go anywhere or do anything that's not in your will and your way. I wrote this down when I was praying this week and I said it came out of my spirit. I would rather be hurt in his will than live in comfort outside of it. Because sometimes staying in the will of God is so challenging because we don't understand it. But man, I'd rather be smacking the will of God, praise Him in the midnight hour, waiting for the miracle, than get out of the will of God. And have to begin to contend with what God has to align back into my life. Amen. God, open and shut doors. Pray over your children. I wrote this down. Pray over your children. Protection. From wrong friends, you should be praying every day. Wrong friends be eliminated from their life. Protect them from temptation. Protect their minds from the lies of the enemy. Protect them from the seduction of the world today that wants to desensitize them from their sexuality and their and God's true desires that God gave them as young people. Pray that protection. My mom prayed that I get caught early on. She did. She prayed, Lord, whatever she's getting messed into, whatever she's getting out of the will of God, let her get caught really early. Do you know that I got away with very little in my life? Very little. God exposed it very quickly. And you know what? I'm so thankful. I hated it when I was a kid. I hated that the Holy Spirit told on me. I hated that it got it exposed. But you know what? It saved me from harm and danger. It saved me from experiences I didn't need to go down. Amen? God wants your children to be hemmed in by the word of God. Pray the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Pray they get exposed really early because God wants to protect them from experiences they don't need to have. I want to encourage you this morning as I close is that listen whatever in your life that you experienced and you wish it didn't happen maybe it was a behavior or choice or whatever it is and you look back and you wish God I wish that wouldn't have happened I want you to receive some hope today that if it maybe wasn't for that even if it was a bad scenario if you can look back maybe that thing routed you to the will of God you don't know that that one experience forced you to go here, but then that forced you to go here, and God forced you to be where God wants you to be at the end of the story. It may have brought you to Jesus, amen? Don't worry about your children and where they're going to go. God knows how to get them at the end of the story, amen, because he's the God of protection. He will reroute everything in our lives, so don't let condemnation come of what you've experienced. Don't let bad decisions and choices. Thank God that it got you to where you're at today, amen? You are loving God, you're serving God, you're going to church, you're giving to the kingdom of God. I'm going to close with this verse in Romans 8, and it says this. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God who is in Christ Jesus. There is nothing that can separate you from God's love, his forgiveness, his hope, his joy. The only thing that can separate us is what we think God thinks about us. Amen. This is the season to have your joy renewed. This is the season to get excited again. Amen. We're going to praise him by faith. We're going to thank him by faith. And I promise you miracles are going to begin to chase you down because that's what the word of God promises. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Now I'm going to pray the prayer of faith with you this morning. And I just want you to receive it. It's time to put the sorrowful days behind us. Amen. It's time to put regret behind us. It doesn't matter what you walked in here with today. All that matters is the great I am is going to begin to stir up in your heart. Amen. So, Father God, we step out by faith today. And I thank you, God, that you anoint this church and these families and all those watching online, Father God. Reach out by your Holy Spirit. And, Father God, we let go of the places of disappointments. And, God, I ask that you stir us up, Lord God, stir up our faith, stir up our joy, stir up our hope, Father God. We have such an expectation for what you're doing right here and right now, Father God. Put a joy in our mouth, a joy in our heart, Father God. I just pray in the name of Jesus as they go about their day, whatever shackles have them bound are going to come down in the name of Jesus, Father God. All the shackles of opposition and the darkness and the oppression Has to flee their life and their family and what they're believing God for. But Lord, we're gonna shout in this season. We're gonna thank you for this season. We're gonna worship you in this season, God. And we're calling down your will in heaven to come down on earth in the name of Jesus, God. Your will come down. Your miracles come down. Your breakthrough, God. Your healing. Your financial blessings. Your deliverance, God. Your harvest, Father God. All that you want from the kingdom, let it come forth in the name of Jesus. We release it, and we give a shout of praise right now. Just begin to thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. I just feel such a gift of faith arising in your heart right now. And, God, we thank you for that. And I want everybody to say this prayer with me. We want to make sure you have Jesus as your Lord and your savior, amen. That's why we come together, it's all about Jesus. So I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sin. I need you to be my Lord and my savior. Give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Ignite my faith. I let go of disappointment and I'm gonna have shouts of joy and victory in my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord.